Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today at RIT Podcast. I'm so excited to have you today as we talk about a very important issue with respect, humility, and empathy always. So we got three special guests today. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Johnny. She's Jen. And this is Freya. So before we start off, I just want to ask you guys some non-related uh, questions. We call this oh, friendly, sure. friendly fire round. So you guys sure. can both answer them. Actually, you know what? Normally, sure. I have an atheist co-host with me. Mm -hmm. uh, but because today uh, there's two of you guys, um, I'm just going to interview you by myself. That's cool? Sure, sure. Yeah. That way there's more time for you to talk. Okay. Uh, so first question is, I guess we'll start off here. What is your favorite alcoholic beverage? Uh, That's all you do. Yeah, I know. Um, usually any, uh, Linkwise beer is really good or Burn River Brewery is really good. Any chance you like 805? What is it? 805. 805. Oh, 805. Yeah. 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 It's very good. So it's a lot of people, I think so. yeah, a lot of people won't remember that, but, um, we're from Bakersfield. You guys are from Bakersfield, right? Yeah. So way yes. back in the day, we are, our, our, I remember our area could used to be 805 and then they changed it. Yeah. 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 So what about you, Jenny? You look you look very beautiful today, by the way, Jenny. <laughs> Thank you. I Thank told her nice shirt and everything. Uh, I hope I, you did not get. I hope you did not get uh, dressed up for me. Hope you were like that before. That's how she usually. This is how. This, she, is, this she is just how I wake up. It's fine. Right. New Jersey chic or beautiful, so. New Jersey. New Jersey. And what about chic. you? Um, I got hooked on cider when I was living in the UK, <laughs> so that's uh, that's my thing. I I like strongbow. Um, cider mostly huh. if I'm going to drink a beer. And it's usually not the sweeter ciders like you're normally used to. It's usually the drier right. ciders. I would say, do you like do you like Angry Orchards? They're not bad. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a little bit sweeter for her, but she usually yeah. likes uh, some weird um, Strongbow. Well, yeah, Strongbow is a good one, but there's also a couple of ones that are from Sweden that she really, and I can't even pronounce them. They're mm. like a shika. <laughs> They're really good too. So. I spent about two months in Europe and I didn't get drunk once because uh, I had just gotten divorced. So I was, uh, I didn't want to get like, you know what I mean? I didn't want to get drunk, drunk, but I just, I, I mean, I tried so many dozens of beers while I was there. It was amazing. They, they easily make the best beer in the world. Um, yeah. Uh, we were just in Europe here not too long ago too. And, um, I was really kind of uh, not really impressed by the beers of uh, Europe. Some of them were really good. Some of them were really great, but they weren't like the very pungent taste in a pine cone, like IPA you get here in the States. We I mean, were also ones... going for like the lagers and things like yeah, that. Yeah. And this podcast is officially over. Good. Thank you for joining <laughs> no, us, guys. Officially over, yeah. No, really. Uh, uh, Carlsberg was really good. Uh, when we were in Sweden, Carlsberg uh, beer was really good. But it was like only 3.2%. So it's really like just drinking water, like worse than Bud Light all night. So I, uh, went, I went to Belgium and you could go out to bars. And this and this isn't an exaggeration. You go out to a bar and get 200 beers in one bar. Oh, yeah. It was insane. Yeah. It was insane. Okay, yeah. here we go. Next one, which is, do you guys watch sports, your favorite sports and favorite sports team in that team, in that sport? Um, I really like baseball, watching baseball. I don't really have a favorite team. I just really like to watch good talent mm. play. So if you have a really good situation with a really good pitcher and a really good lineup, 
I'll watch that every day. I don't play favorites with teams. I used to like the Yankees, and then I went over to the Boston Red Sox, and then now it's California love. you got to love the Angels or the Dodgers, and uh, I just go. like to watch really good baseball. California love. Uh, and football, too. Yeah. Well, who do you like in football? Um, I just really like it because a lot of my friends are ex-football players. So, um, uh, really? I really don't have a football team. Yeah. Um, I really don't have a favorite football team. I really like to watch good football. Okay. And I'm not talking about XFL stuff where it's like <laughs> every play is like a 15-yard, you know, uh, return or anything <laughs> like that. I'm talking really good, you know, strategic football is really good. Um, if if it's over here, it's usually baseball, and I'm a Dodgers fan, been a Dodgers fan for my whole life. Mm. Uh, my grand basically raised me, and she was a Dodgers fan. So yeah, your grandma? I, is that what you said? My yeah, my my grandmother. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah, and I I remember even as a little kid, the radio was on if there was a Dodgers game, and she was mm. looking into it. So what I was your favorite it. football team over in Europe? Um, now, when we talk about football, yeah. you got to remember when we talk about football yeah, it's and it's Europe, it's soccer, <laughs> right? And really, I only really followed like when it was not, when it was World Cup time, oh, okay. and it was England, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where I was living. One of my one of my uh, co-hosts is from is from England, so you, you know, there's always they're always talking about soccer. Oh, right? yeah. oh so- soccer. Okay, I say soccer, and actually, so That's they football. say football. Yeah. And I told him it does kind of make sense that you would call it football because you're kicking it around with your foot. Right. But right. I said at the end of the yeah. day, you're kicking a soccer ball. So it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> he, didn't right, yeah. he didn't get the joke. He was like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> I was like, man. You're playing on. egg ball. Right. Yeah. Just sympathy <laughs> laugh. I got to thank both of you. You ready for it? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. This podcast exists because of you two indirectly hey all right Yay. you want to hear the story okay. sure yeah let's hear it. so i joined your guys's um atheist society of kern because one of my yes, friends yes. is uh, nick um we grew up together we're like really good friends so we've known each other since we're probably like five years old you know we went to church yeah, together yeah, yeah. five years one of those kind of things you know and he actually used to play the, the band in in um for he's played the piano for our church now right. i i think he might have just mentioned ask or he told me he was in there ask is atheist society of kern so i joined yes. the page and i was in the page one of these guys was uh, a guy a gentleman by the name of rob shock and oh, yeah. he was posting some stuff and i thought it was like a little like a little disrespectful you know and so i went to sure, one of your guys's sure. i went to one of your guys's meetings and I was like searching him out. I'm like, where is this guy? Yeah, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Yeah. Like, where is he? So, uh, so, so check this out, seriously. So we went, uh, and I've talked about this multiple times because uh, it was at some, and it's, I think it's very clever to meet at a pizza parlor uh, because we had a couple of beers. Uh, we had a couple of pictures of beer and oh, yeah. pizza, and we're talking, and his family's there, and I'm like, I really like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we sat down and we talked for probably about, three, and I got to be honest, I'm not even sure. I really don't even think that the concept of God came up because, you know, I'm a Christian and Christianity is a very, uh, it's a very important part of my life. But sure. on the other hand, um, you know, I'm a human first, first and foremost, I'm a human. And so we related on some very human issues. And so later on, 
the idea of talking about topics from two different perspectives and having a Christian and an atheist um, just have mutual respect and, you know, talk about things that are, it's going to affect us all, like bullying. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or you're an atheist or a, a, a Jew, like you're going to be, you know, my wife's Asian, you know, she's going she's right. to be subjected to some a lot of anti-Asian hatred going on in the world right now, you know, and that's something we could fight towards together against. Jennifer here is uh, the actual founder, 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 uh, when it was. Um... So basically, Ask started at my birthday party. Um, I had a birthday party at Rusty's, and I realized that everyone in the room was atheist, agnostic, some sort of flavor of non-belief. And we made the joke that it's it's like the, uh, the current atheist society in here. Yeah. And it just kind of stopped. <laughs> uh, but then we found out that KAS is also the current astronomical society. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, mm, we're going to have to change it around. And so there, you know, and someone said, well, what about ask? We basically came around and uh, organized up together and uh, came up with uh, good acronyms. Uh, ask and uh, it was perfect because there was a big thing that we were doing at the time called Ask an Atheist. Sure. And so asked perfectly. So last night I was interviewing one of my buddies from Bible College and he was talking about how atheists get along a lot better than um, Christians do because some of the denominations absolutely hate each other. And yeah. He was, and that was, that was a great commentary. And he goes, he, he goes, he goes, um, he goes, if you, if you take a look at atheists, he goes, they don't really have denominations. And I was like, uh, I was like, uh, you apparently don't know enough atheists. I'm like, there are denominations. There's like, there's like, I'm an agnostic atheist. I'm an anti-theist. I'm a, you know what I mean? There's like, terms, a, yeah. there's a wide range of, and I didn't yeah. realize this. I did not realize this. Like I have a, I have a co-host from uh, Canada, and his name is Sid, aka Sid Vicious. And oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's the name I gave him. He he, he prefers Al Sid, but uh, I, I call him Sid, Sid Vicious, yeah. which is ironic because he's the, like the nicest. You know, he's Canadian, it's so he's usually like, that not, way. Yeah, yeah, he's the nicest guy in the world, but he doesn't have like his family wasn't religious, so he has absolutely like no animus towards faith at all. It's just a matter of, hey, if God, if I find out God exists, I'll be a Christian tomorrow. And then there's sure. one of my atheist co-hosts. He's an anti-theist. He's like, I don't care if God exists. He's like, if God exists, I'm going up against him. Like, we're not going to if God exists. So there's a yeah, wide range. Yeah, they're going to try to find a magic sword to write. Like I mean, yeah, there really is a wide range. So, so I guess that's where I want to start off with. And just please, let's limit this to about one minute. But I want to, sure. I want to ask you guys both is one where you fall on this docking scale from like the one to seven seven being an absolute atheist and uh, what is like briefly your conversion story so i'm going to give you my my story in a one minute nutshell sure sure, sure. but my parents are ministers um they forced me to go to bible college uh, i went to bible college i did not believe in god um when i saw the hatred uh, the judgmentalness it made me want nothing to do with religion uh, because Bill Clinton was being impeached at the time and you would hear them, oh, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Like you would hear them like making fun of him. And I was like, these people would kill me if they knew what was going on inside of my life, you know? Right, so, yeah. 
And then um, I tell other people this. I was in love with a woman, and she went on a mission trip to Indonesia. She got bit by a snake and died. And so it was, it was traumatic. And there was a lot of things that happened. And just I stopped believing in God. I went overseas, traveled the world, got all the world religions tattooed on my body, head to toe. Yeah. Looked into all kinds of things, Islam, Buddhism, uh, just a lot of different things. I went and studied with the Buddhist and um and, and Muslims in uh, Palestine, but eventually I wind up coming back to Jesus Christ. And uh, actually, five sixteen, it was just I just celebrated my seven year anniversary. So, anyway, uh, that's a quick nut, nutshell. So I was actually raised in a uh, non denominational in a non denominational church, um, actually locally, the um, uh, First Assembly of God Church. I went to Stockdale Christian, and then wow. I switched to public school uh, right around sixth grade or so and I had always been a Christian but I had never felt it and um, it always felt like performative it always felt like being performative and then once I got into school and I started learning more about evolution and learning that we had a lot of answers for where we came from and the the god that I believed in kept getting smaller, smaller. and smaller and smaller until there was there was there was no more space for mm-hmm. it. it. It was it didn't make any sense to me anymore, and and the 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 logic in the Bible didn't make any sense to mm-hmm. me. And then I actually started reading into religion more, especially Christianity. And that's basically how I ended up being uh, an agnostic atheist. It's technically agnostic atheist. It's it's just I don't know, but I don't believe in any uh, in any god or gods. Or... Would you say that puts you at like a four on the docking scale? Or Pro- you say probably you... more like a six. Probably more like just just below the absolute. Uh, I grew up uh, Southern Baptist, um, and I, we always would go from Southern Baptist to Pentecostal, depending on how sinful we were. Uh, that you year. need to repent yeah. of your sins. <laughs> yes, yes. The snake chart, yeah, we did the whole thing. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, like uh, Jennifer said, um, I really wasn't, I really didn't question anything mm-hmm. until I was up in my 20s. And then once I started to question everything, like, why is this? Why is that? Yeah. And I started to read a lot. And I and I knew whatever I was getting into, I knew that if I was Buddhist, I was okay. If I was Taoist, it was okay. But do not become an atheist. And <laughs> I, Oh, I, God. Oh, right? man. And then, so I kept myself from reading that for a few years. And then finally I was like, I got to read this. Why don't I want to read this? And uh, once I read it, it was like, oh, wow, that's, this makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, this is basically what I've been thinking for a long time. So, and that was a long time ago. And I've been an uh, atheist uh, ever since. And I can't even tell you how many years it's been. And on the Dawkins scale, I would probably be a high 6.5, 6.5 nine i'm pretty sure there's not there's way too much evil to for there to be one um i think uh it could be uh but uh, you never know but uh, there really isn't <laughs> any evidence there isn't any measurable evidence that i yeah. know of unless if uh something yeah. comes out of uh so this is not a debate channel i'm not going to debate or challenge you on any of those things uh what we are are talking about and ways in which we can find common ground what is yeah. Okay. So, so let me start here um, because that's interesting. You said that uh, about not becoming an atheist because 
growing up, um, like atheists are a butt of jokes and sermons. They're kind of like, oh, this atheist, this guy's like a, either um, like, a, you know, they're either they're stupid or they're just a very immoral yeah. person, you know? So, God doesn't believe in atheists either. <laughs> yeah, I've actually have heard some, some pretty good uh, atheist jokes and yeah. some a good Baptist joke because the guy, the guy who I was interviewing for my college, he is a Baptist. And, um, and I asked him in there, I said, what is the difference between a Baptist and a Presbyterian? Either of you know? No. Well, at the at the liquor store, the Presbyterians wave to each other. Ah, yes. But yes, yes. And actually, he said the same day. I mean, he said something similar. That the only good thing about the coronavirus is that the, the Baptists can now wear the mask into the liquor stores, and so no one can tell them. <laughs> nice. I thought that was pretty funny. What do you think, like people's perception of you now is, and do you find is kind of like ask like a like a secularized church for you or what is the purpose of uh, of ask it's not necessarily like a specifically a support group or anything but it's it's a community um that's what i that's what i've heard a lot from people who had left a church sure sure they um they missed the community they didn't necessarily mm -hmm. miss mm -hmm. the the sermons or the preaching or anything like that they they missed getting together with people who had similar thoughts on things or people people that they could just talk to and that's that's why we started ask that's why we have people even even now we've we've been dark because of the, the pandemic and, yeah. and a few things mm -hmm. and um I mean, we have people all the time still asking hey, when's, when's the next, next meeting when's, when's the next get together when are we getting together again and I'm like as soon as it's safe, guys. Yeah. It's really troubling to me as Christians to to see that. And I'm <laughs> I don't mean this the wrong way, but that like that if you guys are atheists and you guys are respecting people more and for, like for me, it's like I've seen the Christians being the, the people who are the most upset about wearing the mask. And I'm like, that just looks <laughs> so bad on us. It just yeah. <laughs> it's really bad, like when we're the ones and I'm not gonna preach to you about this, but uh, if you look at the, the life of Jesus, it's more often than not the religious people who like he's going after. And so um, right, yeah. I can imagine very well if Jesus was around here walking today, even in this, say, he's totally fictional character, if just being consistent with his with his plot, the way that his, his character is written in this plot, that he would be chilling out with the atheists and the, the gays and the, uh, you know, the drug addicts like those are the yeah. kind of people he'd be hanging out with. And these religious folks, I mean, he, he talked about it so frequently about how it's these religious folks who are like always the worst people. Like, all, it's like 99% of the time. So uh, I yeah. get some of the frustration. Do you think the average Christian thinks something negative about you? Like you guys are like Satan worshipers or something like that? Uh, there was actually a poll that was out a long time ago that's put kind of where people trust atheists. Mm -hmm. And child molester was about. Oh God! Yeah. So oh, when you God. take on, uh, so oh. when you go to meetings and everything else like this, and you see people kind of like, uh, you just kind of you have to deprogram. There's a lot of guilt that comes with um, right religion that if you shed it off you, you really yeah, don't yeah. care what other people mm -hmm. think. You kind of just oh whatever you know I'm gonna yeah, do my thing. Yeah. So I really would like you guys to uh, check out 
some of the other episodes we've done in this podcast, because one of the things that we've done, and we've, we've done multiple different things, okay? So Rob and I, we took turns poking holes in each other's arguments, okay? Then we turned the, the guns in on ourselves, and then we looked for the weakest holes in our own arguments. Then with my other atheist co-host, we did, we, we still manned the other people's arguments. So instead of straw manning arguments, right, we still man them. And we talked about the best things that we found on the other side of the spectrum. So for me, I was saying, look, if you believe, uh, if you believe in atheism and, and, and you believe that this is your, you have to live your best life now because you're not promised an afterlife. I'm like, that's a very strategic advantage that you would have over a Christian who thinks that they could just put stuff off, you know? And he said something very funny. He said, Dracula never gets anything done because he lives forever. So he's always putting it off until tomorrow. I thought that was a pretty funny way to put it. But yeah. um, but objectively, if you take the labels off and just say, okay, we're not trying to prove Christianity or atheism here and just sure. objectively evaluate this. There's, you know, he said one of the things you miss is like the community, like the community is great. Like, um, for example, yeah. one of our members, um, sons recently committed suicide and yeah. at our church. And so and during that time, like the church brought over the, you know, things for them and, um, you know, for food. So they wouldn't have to worry about food and just made sure that they were taken care of during, during the process. And when my mother passed away, my dad had to say, stop, like, stop bringing food because our, our refrigerator is like filled to the brim. So I had, I had, I had posted in another atheist group, like, and this is like not a debate. I'm like, um, I'm like, I'm doing a podcast and I would just like if everybody could just tell me what they think. It's kind of like a survey. What do you think are the three best sides of the other's position? Because that's what we did. We took three and then we discussed it. And, and, and I said, and then, they, you know, they saw it as an opportunity to debate me. And I said, I said, look, if I'm just being objective here, that would be one of the things I would miss is the community. Because I know if you're out there and you, you feel like you're an outsider, right? You have the night, like 80, 90% of people in America are Christians. And then it's just like you on the outside. So even just that to say, I, I, I miss being on the inside of the, uh, of the, in the, sure. the cool sure. people, the cool table, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> is, that, um, is that, is that accurate? Yeah. With, with... yeah um, I, I mean, the thing that I, that I heard overwhelmingly was, wait, there's other atheists in Bakersfield. Oh. Well, especially in Bakersfield where it's really yeah. conservative. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's always people who stumble on the group and they're like, I, I didn't even know that this existed. I didn't know that there were other people here who thought the same or similar as, as I do. And, right. and this is, this is great. And we've had so many members who have found their tribe. They found their community. Right. Wow. Just, and it's usually a journey where you'll see them be really mad at first. Like, because they always, it always rounds about like this, yeah. that they've been lied to, they're mad, they lash out. Yeah. And once they get acceptance for it, they're just kind of like super chill about it. They're like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, let's right. go out and chill now. But at first they're like very angry because like they said, they, it feels like they've been lied to their whole life. Right. And that's mostly why we keep the group mostly atheists because other atheists understand that whole deconversion journey where when you first come out of religion, of, of any religion, 
and you're learning all these new things. It, it does feel like you've been lied to for your whole mm -hmm. life. You know, you went from from living your life a certain way with certain restrictions and and basically putting everything off until you until you go to heaven and being being good until you go to heaven. And then they find out that like they could have done all those things that they right. really they wanted so to do. So many relationships with yeah. people yeah. over minute things that don't really matter. Just that's, you know. Wow. That's and that's it's, it really is like we we see the journey. We go we see them go from that that angry and almost bitter, like I am I am yeah. mad, almost a, a mad at God. And then once they process that, they come to this like calming, like, okay, well, I mean, I don't know why I'm so angry at something that doesn't exist. <laughs> and then they kind of get the self-realization and self-actualization that, hey, that I am a person, I am valid. I really do mean something and my voice needs to be heard. And so they do like to join communities and stick together. Yeah. I, I honestly think that that's great that you got uh, what you guys are doing uh, because of the fact that people go through different stages of their lives. And uh, yeah. just because you believe this right now doesn't mean that you're going to believe this in the future. And it's the same thing with the believer. Um, just because they're a Christian now doesn't mean that they're going to be that in the future. You know, for me, being a father, uh, getting remarried, uh, living overseas, these kind of experiences, losing my mother, there were different stages in my life and I didn't have the, the coping mechanisms to deal with them uh, at different times. And for me, I turned to, I turned to drugs and partying and, and women and uh, I had a, some very unhealthy coping mechanisms. So if you guys are there for people in this stage that they're going through, I think it's a great thing, honestly, because I think it is, and, and I'm a Christian, mind you, but I think it is absolutely tragic the way that uh, Christians have spoken and treated uh, atheists, as you said in that, the, that survey that they did. Because what I, as I said, what I found is we're mostly listening to people's deconversion stories. And I had my own, you know, deconversion story, but not everybody has the same kind of story that I have. Because my, my dad is a minister, right? One of these guys we talked to is his parents got a divorce whenever he was eight years old and he was in a Baptist church. And he was still riding his bike to church because he enjoyed the community. And mid-sermon, the pastor told him, you got to leave this church and don't ever come back because your parents have been divorced. And that, I mean, you can imagine if you're eight years old, how traumatic that would be. You know, yeah. your parents yeah. have just gotten divorced. Like, that's a, it's a very traumatic thing. to have. Probably the most traumatic thing, uh, maybe, or maybe some kind of sexual abuse that could happen inside of a church. And some people have even been sexually abused inside of the church. So you understand the baggage that they have. And, um, you know, to have, to have people who are willing to, to be, be non-judgmental, which it sounds like you guys are. And that's the irony that um, Christians should be leading the way to not be, uh, we're not supposed to be judgmental. And, and I find very frequently, like, let me guys, let me tell you this, this last thing before we get into the meat of the topic. So I went into Bible college and I became an atheist at Bible college because of Christians. Then as a non-believer, I went into Palestine and I stayed at a mosque for about a week learning, learning about Islam and, uh, you know, learning, learning from these people. And they were the kindest, most gentle, oh, yeah. humble, yeah. hospitable people I have ever met in my life. This is in Palestine, where 
if you were to go by the news, you would just think these guys are on every corner just taking turns blowing each other up. Yeah. Oh, by the way, let me show you this real quick. That was me. Look. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so nice. yeah, they were they were just and you know the, the the ironic thing too is you would think that they would be like, oh, like, you know, <coughs> everyone there, just these big beards and everything, but it was not anything like that, man. You 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 had people at the corner um doing hookah and people oh, smoking yeah. and you had like you know bars you could go in and get alcohol like well not not bars but like a liquor stores and you couldn't even do that in israel so israel is supposed to be like more like a you know secular <clears throat> and everything but uh, you can't just really go around and get alcohol there but they're in palestine i mean you could so yeah. anyway uh i want to transition to sure. the questions that i have for you because as i said in um so in this podcast, we're not looking to debate topics. Okay, we're not, or if we if we do, it's you know my 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 host uh, Darrington, he likes to say these are like sparring matches, right? Like it's weak. We got we got gloves on and we got protective gear, and yeah, because right, yeah. yeah, so we're just sparring, and um, if we get a little pushback from either you um that's fine we, we can we can discuss this like adults too because we're an adult yeah of course, of course. we can yeah, talk yeah. about the issue because we're yeah. not five-year-old kids who are going to throw right. temper tantrums right, right. So. yeah <laughs> right. yes but that being you. said i mean i gotta say something i i wouldn't call myself a democrat i i wouldn't because uh i would say i lean yeah, I... I lean more left um, on a political spectrum, I would be probably like 55, 45, more liberal and 45% conservative because I think both sides have good ideas. Like if you try to say these guys are right 100% of the time, they're 100% of the time, and these guys are right 100% of the time, that's going to lead to some really, really distorted thinking. So when you, when you think in extremes like that, uh, it's just not something I do. So it, that being said, I tend to be more liberal. So I would assume, I would assume that you guys are, have more of a liberal persuasion, correct? That's, that's almost a four letter word yeah, for us. Yeah, we're socialists. Yeah. Okay, okay. We are well, beyond Democrat, we're leftists. Well, you're in good, you're in good, uh, you're in good, uh, you're in good company because Jesus was a socialist yeah. as well. So <laughs> you guys are on the right track. Actually. I'll take it. Oh God! Have you never have you never read Acts chapter four? Is that when uh, Jesus overturns the uh, uh, the tables yeah, of the, the table temple. of the temple? I promise you! I promise you! I am not going to read you any Bible verses except this one. But but listen to this, yes, please. And please tell me this is not the purest form of communism you've ever heard in your life. Okay, okay. all right. Now, mind you. Jesus goes to heaven and four chapters later, I'm not going to give a sermon. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tap the Baptist inside, me, but just listen to this because that has to do with socialism. Okay, here we go. Sure. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was powerfully at work in them. There was no needy person among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales. 
and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Ouch. Yeah, so it's like there it is. Yeah. Yeah. So and I got another verse tattooed on my arm that says like uh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and we brought nothing into the world and we can we're not going to be able to take anything out of it so th the reason why i'm telling this is because if that's what you guys believe again you guys <laughs> believe probably a lot more in line with the bible than a lot of other people uh, a lot of christians do yeah. or probably maybe yeah. even more than you maybe even more than you believe that you do but okay that being said if you guys are of a liberal persuasion, we probably have a lot of common ground. Like our sure. reasoning may be slightly different because the reason sure. why I don't want the government involved in politics or the, the church involved in politics is because I think it will hurt the church in the same way like the Church of England has hurt uh, Christianity inside of the UK. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, the atheist coast I have, he's like, I don't even know any Christians here. And I was like, well, I think you could thank John Lennon for that because I think it was the Beatles. They're the one who stole the yeah. lightning from Jesus Christ. But, but really, though, your average people there, I went to the Netherlands as a, as a non-believer, as an atheist. And I was so happy because you walk around and there's just churches, these amazingly beautiful churches. Oh, yeah. And they've been converted into uh, community centers or libraries because nobody goes there. Because people yeah. see how much um, religion has been abused. So, so that being said, we can start first and foremost with recognizing that we are both secular humanists in that sense. Would you agree with that sure. word? Yes. Okay. And how would you define secular humanism, uh, Jennifer? Uh, secular humanism for me would be um, basically taking care of your fellow person uh, wow without without regard for whatever religion they are whatever race whatever creed um yeah wow. it, it is it's absolutely taking care of your fellow person because we're all stuck on this rock spinning through space at thousands of miles an hour right and you know we we all come from the same place and we all go to the same place and you know um I don't mean to butt in here, but uh, even when somebody's being very uh, angry or pushed back or confronted, try to put your, have the empathy to put yourself in their position and understand where they're coming from. And maybe you might be able to bridge a gap mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. and help the person out somehow. So that's basically what um, I also would like to put in there yeah. in secular humanism is that it's also being understanding. Yeah, yeah, it's like when you go to a restaurant and you get poor service, we still leave a tip because we don't know if the waitress got, just got wow. word that her father wow. died or the, wow. the waitress kid is yeah. sick in hospital. Yeah, yeah there might be. We usually elsewhere. leave a bigger tip that's really bad. True. Yeah. You know, wow, I'm I'm very convicted about that what you just said, but you know, restaurants hate sun. You know why restaurants hate Sundays? Uh, bad tipping, yeah. Cause, cause oh, God. Oh, I was yeah. in the restaurant business for 25 years, I know. Oh, God. It doesn't even surprise me in the slightest sense of the word that uh, that atheists understand um, a lot of these things uh, better than a lot of believers do. I'm, I just, it does, that that sits on a 0% surprise. It doesn't even register in my mind because uh, having been turned into an atheist at a Bible college, 
twice. Mind you, I went two different yeah. times, and both times I was turned into, you know, an atheist just seeing the level of hatred. In fact, you know, later later today, literally later today, my atheist co-host, his name is um, Sid, aka Sid Vicious. He's going to be coming on, and we're going to be interviewing someone from my Bible college who he went to school with. And I got to tell you this. You guys don't really seem like the very hateful, angry, like a this type. But that being said, to the angry atheist types, when you are going to see behind the scenes of what we are subjected to at Bible college, you're going to have a lot more empathy for Christians. You know, when you see (laughs) how we were seated and what we were taught in Bible college, you're just going to, you're going to take a step back and say, let's throw my beliefs out the window for a second. Okay. And I'm just going to think about this objectively, you know, like when we have atheist co-hosts come on or atheists come on and they tell us about, you know, being abused physically by their moms as a child. And I can say, I relate to that. Like I relate to to psychological and physical abuse, verbal Mm -hmm. abuse for my mom. So we we relate on this issue. This is an empathetic issue. And this is why we put empathy as one of the letters in this podcast. It's so important. And Sid said something so amazing. He said, it doesn't matter if you agree with the person or disagree with the person. He says, this is what you need to do. And it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. He says, you need to take their thoughts and just hold it in your mind for a second, okay? Because people hear people's thoughts and they want to dismiss it because they want to disprove them, right? So if, you're, if you have empathy, actually, you need to genuinely understand why does this person believe the way that they do, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, here's an example. I'm not like a Trumpster, right? I, I'm, not a, I'm not a right-wing sure, sure. QAnon person. But... Objectively speaking, I live in South Korea, so I've been all throughout Asia, and I take a look at Asia, and I'm like, dude, we got like 10, 15 years at the top, and these people are going to overtake us. There's no, there's no way Americans are going to compete with this. I'm telling you, I see oh, yes, that. Yeah. These kids are in school, in their private education for hours and hours and hours after school, and I'm like, we are not going to compete with this. I mean, so when I see that, I totally understand. I'm Mexican, and I totally get why um, white nationalists are afraid of their country being taken. They don't want to be on the bottom anymore. I think nobody wants to go from the yeah. top to the bottom. And that's a, that's a fear that I see. You know, I see acted, some of these kids are, they speak already two or three different languages. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Their math levels are, they're in elementary school and they have math levels higher yeah, than yeah. high school levels. Yeah. And I'm like, there's just, we're not going to stay at the top very much longer. We have a very right. short time. Exactly. So this is a, like a slightly different um, scenario, but I, I can empathize with people who feel like they're going to be marginalized, you know, and they have a fear because mm-hmm. we all have fear in our lives and we all have a fear of the unknown. So anyway, so we can start off at that point of agreement, okay? So the next question, could, oh, I'm sorry. You could, you could also, you could, you could also say um, that, especially when it comes to, like, you see a lot of the outrage from from white males. Um, you could also say that they've seen how women and black, indigenous people of color have been treated. They don't want to be treated like that. 
they've oh, seen what it's like to be treated yeah. like that uh-huh. they don't want to be treated like that and they're wow. and they're lashing out because of that because they wow. think that that they will be treated like that wow and i mean there is a saying that when you're used to um a certain amount of privilege when you're used to a certain amount of privilege equality feels like oppression yeah right 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 oh thank you for that uh jennifer that's a really <laughs> i i would have that's see that's with the parallax thing i would have never thought from that perspective generally speaking and i i tell you i can tell you what my perspective is because i live in asia and i see the cities here and I see the bullet trains get built, like just throwing up in, in no time at all. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's California yeah, it's sits around for 10 years trying to do something. I'm like, dude, yeah, we're not yeah, going to continue. Train. There's, yeah. I'm like, we're at the top now, but there's no way in yeah. the grand scheme of things we're, we're going to be able to compete. I think you're stuff. right. I think you're right. Yeah. So, sure. Do you believe church uh, churches should pay taxes and why? I absolutely believe churches should pay taxes. and. I think that the the taxing scale for churches should be, or the the criteria should be that if you use a certain amount of your resources to help people, to actually house unhoused people, to feed people who need it, to to help your community, you can deduct that from your taxes Mm. until you have no more tax burden. But yeah, I absolutely do feel that churches should be taxed because so many churches have got into the political game now and yeah. in so many different ways and yeah. in really, um, really deceptive ways too. Uh, like like Prop 8, the, the anti-gay marriage proposition here in California, uh, so much of that was funded by the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, they don't pay Tax-free taxes. Money, right. Exactly. So by the yeah, way, I, yeah. uh, I got some Mormon missionaries coming over. We're gonna do a podcast together. Um, they they came over and i told them about doing a podcast and they were like really intimidated they're like oh they pulled out of it and then we had i just made him breakfast and we talked for a couple of hours i'm like oh we see that you're not like anti- antagonistic so uh, they're yeah. going to come and do a, a podcast with me here so by the way i love you uh jennifer that was amazing um i've never heard that before if things don't well, work I mean- out with Things don't work out with John. You give me a call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, that, that's amazing. I've already got a couple of husbands. <laughs> okay, honestly, that that really yeah. is amazing. Um, that that oh, wow. So I I do believe that churches should pay the taxes. Maybe not for the exact reason why you might think. Um, part of the reason why. Uh, yeah. So that that is part of the reason why. Because they they do get involved with political stuff that I'm totally against, but I think it's more of a strategic thing. Because if you don't, then people are just going to get angry at you. Like like the atheists are just going to be like, you know, they're going to get become antagonistic. So you know, I totally get that. All right, um, here we go for you, John. Sure. Do you have any friends or family who are Christian? And if so, what do they think about your beliefs? Most of my family knows that I'm an atheist and I've come to terms with that. Um, people respect it because they know that uh, what kind of person I am. So they look at my character and they also know from their perspective that I also help a lot more people than they do. And wow. Christian. So 
they're kind of like, yeah, we'll give him a pat. Yeah, just and they never bring it up. If they do, it's it's uh, respectful. There's always been, of course, uh, people who've wanted to, uh, I wouldn't say debate, but discuss certain uh, items with me and get my perspective. But nobody's really hateful and jerked me up by by my collar and done anything else like that. Or... Do you have any close friends who are Christians? Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, my brother is a Christian. Uh, my other best friend, he's been a Christian all his life. And uh, I lied. I'm going to quote Jesus again. Sorry, guys. But um, no problem. No problem. Jesus told his story that there's these two brothers, and he, their father tells one of them, he says, "You guys go and do something." And one of them says, "Okay, I'll do it," and then the other one says, "I'm not going to do it." But the one who says, I'm going to do it, he doesn't do it. And then the one who says, I'm not going to do it, he winds up doing it after all. And so Jesus ends that by asking like a rhetorical question. And he says, like, who do you think's who do you think is going to be justified in this scenario? Like someone who takes the name of Christian on themselves. And that's actually that's actually more of the concept that's not taking God's name in vain. It's like God's not going to be nearly as upset if you just say, like, God damn it. As if you were to say, I'm a Christian, but I don't even behave like it. So yeah, I think it's yeah. amazing that you guys like are exemplifying um, my ideas of, of Christianity and service and love and acceptance. Um, I think it's amazing. And so you guys might be, you guys might have the title of the brother who says, I'm not going to go yeah, into this. Maybe so. I, maybe so. I think you genuinely live it out. And, and this has just been my observation, my own personal observation, you know, because I, I have seen the dark side of the churches and Bible college. And, and actually, I really, I really, guys, I really hope you check out the podcast we're doing when we're discussing um, yeah, we will. We will. our experience going to Bible college, because you're, you'll, hear, you'll hear stuff, for example, like a lot of guys there are struggling with um, pornography addiction, right? Because we're guys. Okay um and you know just you just can't discuss things you just can't discuss things you can't try to get help and uh, in fact a lot of the guys there were struggling with homosexuality and you're being told hey you're the worst people on the planet like do you really think that you're going to be um you know open about that and so a lot of the guys there uh, who are struggling like that they're just full out like uh you know in in a gay lifestyle and they, they, they suffered from a lot of depression as a result, in fact, as a result of it, but one of the guys even attempted like suicide in school. And, and rather than like trying to help him, they just thought it'd be a lot easier just to kick him out. And I mean, I'm from California. I clearly knew this guy was uh, homosexual. So it, this is school in the Midwest. So it's a very conservative, um, extremely conservative area. Yeah. Yeah. So those kind of people naturally flock to me because, well, first of all, I flew a gay rights uh, flag in my room, right? Because I wanted to throw the, that left wing, in that left wing philosophy in their face, but I also wanted other people. I, it attracted other people, you know. It attracted people who. Uh, it's kind of like the law of attraction. I was attracting people who, who had more liberal uh, thoughts, you know. Well, not so. not only that, the and you may not have intended it this way, but people wouldn't know that you're a safe person to go to. Right. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, and one of the guys, yeah, one of the guys wind up telling me that after 
um, he's just like, I felt safe with you. And, um, and I didn't even remember this, but his parents had kind of like ostracized, they, they had ostracized him and they forced him to go to gay conversion and, uh, it, and it didn't yeah. work. So there, now he was at Bible college and he was trying to, he was trying to be straight. And he, you know, he told me that this is very small to me. Like, I guess he, I guess he just didn't have like good clothes because, you know, he was, he was being cut off. And, and so I had given him some of my clothes and to me, I totally forgot it because I it just, I give away stuff. I don't even, it doesn't even register my mind. But he told me recently, we hooked up recently, and he was like, yeah, he goes like, that was just, I'll never forget that. Like, that was a... Yeah. Sometimes the smallest thing has the hugest impact on something. We're probably going to disagree somewhat on this, but that's fine. Um, just seeing the, the different perspectives. Either of you, both of you can answer this one, but uh, should Christians or any other religious group be forced to violate their ethics in the realms of private business? If the Christian isn't being forced to actively participate in something that they disagree with, is it really violating their ethics? So a, a baker making a cake for a gay wedding isn't participating in the wedding. They're not going to the wedding. They're not being, they're not marrying someone of the same sex or gender. They're just making a cake. Cake, a cake is morally neutral. Mm -hmm. um, is, is that really violating? Their ethics could it could it really be seen as violating their ethics? It's it's just a cake. I mean, it's it's not condoning the marriage. It's not supporting it. It is carrying out a business act a business activity yeah. for. Right. It's it's your normal business activity. It's it's not like going into a a Jewish deli or a halal deli and asking for pork. Because they they wouldn't sell it anyway. It's yeah, they just oh they, they just probably wouldn't. would. It's... Muslims sell Muslims sell pornography. Okay, well, they sell pornography and alcohol. And you go into like at the Seven Elevens and you see them working there. Like money, money trumps pretty much everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Money, money trumps, is the same in every language. Money yeah. trumps your own mom. You know what I mean? You know that expression, <laughs> "Mo money, mo problems." Money is like that's about right. Yeah. So. I, I get what you're saying there. Okay, so so let's let's take a more direct one. Um, let's say sure. like a Catholic, let's say like the Catholic Church. I don't know. I I I honestly have no ideas. This is just completely extra biblical stuff because things like priests are assumed to have wives in the Bible. So it's like that in like uh, condoms, like. Like they didn't freaking have condoms back then. You know what I mean? So I don't know where. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know yeah. where you'd get that one from about birth control, but Tags. to them. Yeah. Sheep in the innards. Right. But to them, to them, okay, would you say like like an like an abortion is they're 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 anti-choice. Okay. So should they have to let's say they have their their company right their church should they have to provide things like a uh, birth control or you know provide an abortion if that's something that they they disagree with jv you want to take a crack at that i gotta specify john but i guess you guys are both jv yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so if I'm not mistaken, the question is if a church. Like the Catholic church, should the, should the Catholic church supply or not even supply, but allow like their insurance plans to provide oh, even better. birth control? Okay. Um, or should okay. it cover abortions? That sort of thing. Um, man, that's, there's so many caveats to this. Long answer, uh, yes, but that's just because um, there's varying degrees of Catholics. Well, not not only that, but I mean, the Catholic Church doesn't doesn't typically just employ Catholics. I mean, we're we're talking about the Catholic Church has religious employees. They have their they have their priests. They have their 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 fathers. Their their nuns. They have their religious employees. And then they have their secular admin staff that may not necessarily be Catholic. I mean, that might be why they want to work in a Catholic church, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are Catholic or practicing or anything. And that's that's the line that I see drawn with with basically like you're saying with, with health insurance and what does what does the health insurance provide? Because at that point it's the Catholic Church imposing their will right. on someone else. It's really the individual if they right. choose to get an abortion or not. Right, or if they choose. Yeah, and to if be your faith is that good, then you don't get an abortion. That's fine. Yeah, I so I think we're uh, we're kind of speaking past each other on this issue because obviously there's going to be people who are non-Catholics who would want to work at, at a place, you know, because there there are some Catholic charities or you know um, or Seven Day Adventists who own hospitals, right? Right. So yeah. yeah. So, but but the question is, should the church have to provide something that goes against, and doesn't matter where you are, you know, religiously, and this is where I have kind of a more libertarian kind of like a um, invisible hand idea on this one, because for me, okay, mind you, I believe this is only in a private setting, because in a in a public setting, the government cannot distinguish one way or the other. It's like there's the government should have no 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 right any way of the spectrum. The government has to be colorblind, has to be orientation blind, all that, right? But I'm gonna give the um, the cake as an as an analogy to also with, sure. the, with the gay with the with the gay issue, okay? Because I don't believe. I don't believe, and I could be wrong. Um, this is my perspective, but if if a if a Christian person wants to say we don't want to participate in a, in someone getting divorced and remarried, okay? Because sure. people tend to single out gays on this issue, but I'm like, hey, why not take this a step further? And because, like, biblically speaking, um, like Donald Trump's not even married to Melania Trump, okay? Because the Bible would not recognize that as a marriage, but Man, you could never, I would never tell someone that um, in the government, if he wants to get, he wants to marry five other women at the same time. I don't even think the government should be involved in that. I mean, because that to me, if you're restricting a Mormon or a Muslim, to me, that means you're violating their First Amendment rights. So I don't agree with that. I, I don't agree with the polyamorous relationships or polygamy or anything like that. I'm not for that. I wouldn't endorse it, but... Sure. That's a totally separate issue on what should be legal or illegal. So that being said, if 
I were to say as a minister, one, I am not going to marry you if you're gay or if you've been divorced before. I don't, I'm not going to do either one of these. Like, I should not be forced to do that. Okay. It doesn't mean that I'm going to hate them. It doesn't mean that they're not welcome to my church, but I'm not going to do that marriage because it's going to violate my, um, my, my religion. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so to me, if someone comes to me as, as, as a minister with a pornography addiction, or they're struggling with same-sex attraction, or they're an alcoholic, okay, if they come to me with any of those issues, and they say, this is something I'm struggling against, uh, you know, because there's people in my church and, and, and ministers who I know struggle with this, so this is not a hypothetical situation, but they're struggling, and, uh, you know, they have uh, substance abuse issues, or whatever it might be, and they they're not just totally accepting it and they're they're putting up a struggle same same thing with someone who might occasionally uh, you know who might have homosexual inclinations all right that is a difference than someone who says hey i'm an alcoholic and you guys don't like it tough you know what you know like just that that's it yeah. or uh, i'm someone who's uh um i like cheating on my spouse and there's you don't like it tough tough right. luck well does someone legally have a right to do all that? Absolutely. But inside of the realms of the church, I can say, um, if you're going to work here, you have to submit yourself to the Bible. And so the Bible puts certain restrictions. Hey, I'll be the first to say, I would love to be able to freely commit adultery. Like, I'll be the first to say that. But that's not something I do because of the fact that that's what the Bible says. So if I'm going to be a preacher, I can't just go and say, I'm going to do whatever the heck I want. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, I do believe that, you know, if they don't want to make the, the cakes, the private sector should be allowed to do that. But I do believe that the invisible hand will shut that down anyway. So if you're not going to make someone a gay cake and, uh, or a, gay, a, a cake for a gay wedding, they're not going to shop. The gay people aren't going to shop with you anymore. And their friends and family, like, I'm not going to go and shop at that place as a straight, you know, male. And so I believe that the, the invisible hand is going to shut you down anyway. So I believe that it's better to be solved in that sense. Um, Tasty's Bakery, where they refuse to uh, do a cake yeah. for, uh, for, a, for, for a lesbian a couple, couple who are getting I was married. Gonna say couple. I don't think a descriptor is necessary, but uh, anyways, for a cake. And they had more of a... Uh, they their, their business actually picked up. Uh, they got donations. They... Because really? they now have values yeah. of the right wing. Uh, they virtue signal. Yeah, they, they virtue signal. They virtue really? signal to the right. Yes, yes. and their business actually grew. Uh, and it's still going to this day. Yeah. Um, so as, as much as I would love to think that, um, that a diner who doesn't serve a, a black person at the counter or a bakery that doesn't want to bake a gay cake, um, a, a cake for a gay wedding. There are no gay cakes. I uh, that, that uh, was they, sorry. That was a misspeak. <laughs> no worries. Don't ever talk like. Don't ever. Don't act like you don't ever misspeak, man. I actually <laughs> said <laughs> that my daughter didn't look Asian the other day, and I was like, I misspeak all the time in this podcast, like all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry You're being a off. prisoner of the moment. I believe. Believe me, we understand. But yeah, prisoner like, of the but, moment. I love that. Yeah. But I'm sorry, Jennifer. Please continue. No, no, no. That's 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 all good. Um, 
but as as much as I would love to believe that uh, those businesses that refer that refuse to serve people uh, because they're black, because they're gay, because whatever, because they're trans or anything, uh, that that their business would fail, they would go down in flames, they would have to realize that uh, they should serve everyone equally. Um, I'd, lo I'd love to think that, but we just don't see that four hours Actually, the opposite in real life. You should see here in the United States. Now that might be different elsewhere in the world, but here in the United States, it's actually like a humongous flag up it's, in the air for everybody is. to uh, donate money to uh, that is, you know, contribute. That is a cog in the will of my position. So I'm gonna have to rethink yeah. that one because to me, I think if you're not gonna serve black, like, okay, again, this is it for me. I think of this as just merely from a private issue. Like, let's just say I want to start a club that's like um, Mexican males uh, of America, whatever. And then a white female comes to me and says, hey, I want to join your club. And I'm like, no, like the, the restrictions to get into my club at a private place that's going to come into my house, that my membership standards are that I'm a, a Mexican male. It's totally different if I'm doing that in a private in my house or in my church or, you know, the Mormons have, you can like, as a Mormon, there's like various states, stages and just like with Scientology and you can't get to the next stage of like Scientology unless you do these bottom stages, right? So they have like these temples where you get married inside of a temple, but like not everybody can go to temple, you know, you have to right. go through a certain series of, of steps to be able to go into that temple so if they put restrictions that way and this is what i'm just talking about in a private in an institution like school or government or anything like that this is a non-starter this is this is not an issue but what i'm talking about is that if you want to make those choices to say like you know I think part of the freedom, if you do have a racist person who wants to start a business, like, and you're going to, or a sexist person, you're going to say, I'm not going to serve women here. Like, that's just a really stupid business practice, you know? It and is. To cut off half of your clientele. Right. And then there's going to be people like me. I'm like, dude, if you discriminate against my daughter for being an Asian or a, a female, you are going to get 1,000 negative reviews on that from me. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm yeah, going yeah. to create 2,000 accounts. I'm going to pay some dude in India. Personally, yeah. Personally. <laughs> well, I, I, and then I'm going to do someone in India who has nothing better to do but to work for $10 a day. And then you're going to oh, get so bot many. Farms. Yeah, bot farms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah you are. I, and that's not, yeah. that's, not, that's not a joke. I'm joking, but that's not a joke. So it's you're like, right, to right. me, it's just a really stupid business practice. But anyway, I want to thank you for your input on that. I, I do have two more questions for you. Sure. It's just um, just kind of a quick aside, like you were talking about with if you if you wanted to start a club, a private club for for Mexican males. Sure. How Mexican do they have to be? What percentage? What's the descriptor of how Mexican they got to be? Are you born well, in it, Mexico or are you right? born in America? Me yeah, in America with with like Latino, uh, you know, origins. Uh, do your parents have to be Mexican? Uh, what about El Salvador? What about more Central American, Guatemala? So, well, that's I think the point you're trying to make here is that there's, yeah, there's I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. then what I'm about sorry. male? 
uh, like what about male uh, trans males because trans males are, are still males uh, or intersex people who are you know both um you know where it's it, the when if the world was black and white like that it would be really easy but there are so many shades of gray that it's hard to just say you know it's for these classes of people or this class of person or or i don't want to serve gay people well what about what about if like we went in i'm bisexual i do or pansexual bisexual pansexual um both basically if we went into tastries and we wanted a cake for our wedding they would be serving a gay wedding it would it would be it, it would be under the lgbtq umbrella but they wouldn't have so, any idea because I am a woman who appears as a woman. He is a man who appears as a man. And they wouldn't have any idea unless they specifically ask, what's your sexual what orientation? What kind of y'all have? Yeah. So, okay. Um, all right. So two things. Huh, that is an interesting point. But, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you did. You did. You can kind of throw things for a loop there. But okay, let's just. That actually doesn't. That's actually not probably as relevant as you might think, Jennifer. Because what if I did say? Because you know I am Mexican, so let's say it's Mexican, not Latino. Okay, because I I was growing up like discriminated against from people who are actually from Mexico who could actually speak Spanish because our parents oh, yeah. could speak Spanish, but they didn't teach us because they thought it. Ironic, that's gotta be the definition of irony. They thought it would have hurt us <laughs> to speak Spanish growing up. But I You're actually thought, not the only person we know who has said that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but who would have thought? Who would have freaking thought? Like my parents would use Spanish to talk to each other. Oh, so annoying. But who would have thought? I, I mean, God, I wish I would have the insight to know, man. I'd be able to go to travel to 30 right, countries. Right, right. I'd be able to get so many more jobs had I had Spanish, you know, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point being is that, okay, what if I limited down the spectrum and said, okay, you have to be 50%, at least 50% blooded or more, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm trying to say, whatever restrictions I were to put on that, uh, Jennifer, the point is, is that if, uh, or let's say I would say you have to be a biological, uh, not a trans male to be a part of my club. The point is, is that it's my club. And, and I don't see from a private, from a private uh, perspective, why the government goes and get, would want to get involved with that. Just as in the same way as if you're a Mormon and you want to marry multiple women. Like I can't imagine having more than one mother-in-law. That blows my mind why anybody would do that. Honestly, I, I can barely take care of my wife like to meet all of her needs by myself. Why someone would go and do that two and three times is a total non sequitur. I cannot and I can't get that. But if a Muslim wants to do that, if you want to engage in that, I don't see what the government has, why the government would even think that they should get involved in your religious life at all. You know what I mean? That to me is like, I don't, I don't, I can't understand the rationale of why they would think that that's necessary or, or appropriate. Do you see the Declaration of Independence saying um, um, that we're endowed by a creator or uh, saying in God we trust in the Pledge of Allegiance or, no, I'm sorry, one nation under God or in God we trust 
do you think that a general affirmation of a God is a, is a, is a violation of, of First Amendment rights? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? Is, um, I'm, I, I'm very anti the government being involved in religion at all, but that to me is not an involvement in religion because you're just affirming a, a God or creator. But what are your thoughts on that? The Declaration of Independence saying that um, that we're we endowed, endowed by, by our creator, mm-hmm. that inalienable rights. Um, if you actually look back and look at the historical makeup of the whole thing, there that uh, they were really trying to tell the king, hey, we don't get our rights from you; we get our rights from somebody else. They're appealing sure. to a to a higher power. Sure, right. sure. To to a power, and, I should say, a power above a king. Which, since kings were appointed by by God. Then that's who they would. That's who they would. Go so to. they're just going to x out the middleman there and take out the king. And we'll <laughs> get our rights from God. So that was the language that they were using, and they were very careful to not to mention any specific God. It sure, was more like sure, the God sure. of nature and everything else. Sure, right? sure. So deism, deism. That's yeah. Yes, uh, yes. Exactly. Um, now on the on God we trust. On the, God we trust. In yeah. God we trust. I'm sorry. Um, that was put into the uh so they recently at the bakersfield city council this no, no, was this is, let's just go back to when it was originated in for the oh, okay. okay um i think it was in 53 63 i my i think 54 54. 54 yes there it is, yeah. um they added it for the red scare saying no we got yeah, yeah. the communists dirty got this so there you go we're gonna have that recently this is uh evolved because if you let something go without it's going to evolve so we're <laughs> evolution <from Kern> County. <laughs> that's evolution yeah. for you exactly um so recently here in kern county um in bakersfield in bakersfield uh for some reason uh the christian community has wanted to put in god we trust on every cop car and everything to try to virtue signal that you know this is good and everything but what they don't realize is that we have the one of the most deadliest police forces in the u.s so when uh believe me when the BPD shoots somebody, or when they're out there shooting your dog because anything, they do that, when they're going away and the victim is looking at the cops going away, going, "Wow, that just that happened to me." Wow. Now they have a moniker to look at to go, "Look, in God we trust," mm-hmm. and they're automatically going to have some negative connotations with that. Growing up, especially if you're in a um, bad neighborhood or neighborhood that deals with a lot of police if you have a negative if you have negative interactions with the police you're going to start associating in god we trust on the back of every single police vehicle and fire vehicle now as well with negativity with those negative reactions hey you guys you guys aren't supposed to be looking out for the christian causes man you guys are supposed (laughs) to want that secular what's the matter with you guys we're looking out for everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, you so, know, I would have never thought, like, that would have never even registered in my mind. Um, right. You guys have said a lot of stuff that just really, I wouldn't even have thought, <laughs> I, I swear I would not have thought of it. That's, that's what I'm talking about, like a parallax switch. I swear, Jennifer, we could probably talk from here to kingdom come, and that that concept would have never even entered into Isaiah's mind. So I, I really, really want to thank you for that. So. I'm sorry, Jonathan, I'm sorry to cut you off. No worries, no worries. <laughs> uh, and so that's basically what we were trying to do as a, as a secular organization, as ASK was, was say, hey, we don't want these on there because, I mean, you know, let's just keep, gov- or let's just keep government and God separate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. where I fall on it. I don't care if you, like, I hate 
mesh shirts and fanny packs. But I'm not <laughs> going to dictate people who say, you know, I'm not going to say you can't wear mesh shirts and fanny packs. You're free to do whatever you want. Yeah. That's where I'm coming from. Those things are pretty yeah, cool. I miss the stuff, 80s, yeah. man. I think it we could both agree team, yeah. that the 80s were the greatest era that's ever existed, right? Christian oh, yes. atheists. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Can we agree on that oh, yes. one? I well, swear. Well, we so. were born in the 80s. Yeah, so I was born I mean, in the 80s. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Ninja, Ninja Turtle uh, Oh, Ninja Turtle. Stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. You know what? Um, okay. That's good. Um, I would like to end now, but I just, we, we, we like to close sometimes with some kind of like neutral stuff so that sure. if there was any bad feelings, um, absolutely could, no bad feelings. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, sometimes I express my ideas and, um, uh, it has made some of the atheists, uh, specifically this issue. I'll, I'll tell you specifically on this issue when I was discussing the private issue with Rob, he literally went on for about 45 minutes on that one topic. Yeah. And I was clearly, clearly, clearly trying to show like, okay, we're not here to agree on everything. If you have those views, I, I respect your right to have those views. And it's not like my opinion is gonna make any ounce of difference on the law over there, you know what I mean? It's like, right. okay, I, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, divorced people should be, you know, should get remarried. Is that going to have any one ounce of difference on the government? Not at all. You know what I mean? So, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's just a matter of presenting your, you know, not trying to see I'm right, you're wrong, but some people right. can't really see that. They see that we have to keep debating this until I win you. So that's There's not what we're trying to There's someone wrong on the internet. There's someone wrong on the internet. We got to get them. <laughs> So, uh, so that, okay. So that being said, we, we do we do want to close off with the with the kind of because uh, we are I guess we're all '80s child children. So let's let's say real quick like the top three your top three movies from the '80s and your top three bands. Okay. So he is the big '80s movie guy Ooh. and '80s band guy. I didn't really start paying attention until like the '90s or so. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I was just thinking when Pool of Ice like came out. I was like '94, so. Uh, and uh, what was the one where where he has the radio and he's on the car uh, oh. and the Breakfast Club? I love the Breakfast Club. John Cusack, I know yeah, who it all is. The, yeah, any Molly Ringwald movie. Oh. Uh. <laughs> any Molly Ringwald movie, yes. And what about you, Jennifer? I I grew up on stuff. I, I grew up on like 80s cartoons or like mm. early 90s, early yeah. 90s cartoons, stuff like Darkwing Duck. Ooh, oh, Duck, yeah. DuckTales, all of that. DuckTales, ooh. Animaniacs. Yeah. Tailspin, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Tailspin, they're Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, yes, yes. do you remember the ones where the, the bears used to jump around? I used to really like that. They see the gummy bears and they would jump. So this is going to be very sacrilegious, but to me, there is like the Bible. And milli, 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 millimeters underneath that is the movie, The Karate Kid. Yes. And yes. There was a yes. time I was a deist or I was an atheist. I would say it was on par with the Bible. As a Christian, I've got to have reverence now. But The Karate mm -hmm. Kid mm -hmm. and Cobra Kai is my favorite series of all time. But yeah. that movie, uh, The Never Ending Story and probably Back to the Future and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, those four is like the that was just like uh, you know that was just like like heaven to me and as far yeah, as yeah as far as music 
uh, we'll go to the last one with music. I actually didn't get into the 80s until the 2000s because you're growing yeah. up, you, you can't, you hear it on the background, whatever, you don't, I can't really get yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah. But um, Duran Duran will always Duran be Duran. my number one yeah. favorite as far as 80s. The yeah. Cure. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, and maybe probably The Smiths. I'm probably going to go with The Smiths. Boy, the three big ones right there. <laughs> oh, what about you? Right there. Um, yeah, uh, I was mostly in, well, yeah, Flock of Seagulls type stuff. Oh, oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I always listen to stuff all the time. I just have an 80s play playlist uh, through my phone, and it just goes off. And there are some songs I haven't heard since I was a kid, and I'm just sit back and, you know, where have all the, I think this is uh, in the 90s, but where have all the cowboys gone by, uh, I was just listening to that one the other that day. Country? And, uh, uh, it was more um, pop and, uh, yeah, yeah uh, popish kind of. Uh, I think it was a country crossover hit. I oh, want to yeah, say I've heard yeah. it on it country was, radio. Yeah. Back in and... country, yeah, it was crossover. <laughs> Oh, like Billy Ray Cyrus, and he came out the whole eight to break yes, heart. Yes, like, yes, was, yes. The watermelon crazy. crawl and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jennifer? Growing up, I was um, I I liked country music. I went to fanfare mm. in like 1997. It was the greatest thing that I'd ever done at that point. Wait, what I was still it called? Have, oh, fanfare in Nashville. It's a big. Oh, it's, okay. it's like it's like Comic Con for country music fans. <laughs> <laughs> So I went when I was uh, just before I got I went into high school and it was the greatest thing that I'd ever done and I just I I couldn't imagine like not being there. Um so I grew up on country music and I grew up on oldies like 50s 60s mm. you know Elvis Presley the Ronettes all of that but my growing up my thing was country and I loved like Garth Brooks, Clint Black, mm. the oh, Mavericks. Yeah, George Strait. Oh my God. Yeah. My mom Jeff was Jennings. obsessed, obsessed with Raul Malo. I mean, try to oh, imagine. Oh, she this. is right now too. She hey. is right now too. No, no, listen. Try to imagine this. This is so funny because my mom was a minister's wife, right? And she was a member of the Mavericks fan club. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, my mom, right here. No, you don't understand. My mom had the biggest, like, lustful crush on on Raul Mala. I mean, she was like obsessive, like, like deadly sin, seven deadly sins. <laughs> she had, she went to their concert when they came to the uh, the Crystal Palace, and oh yeah, yeah, she, she was, was all too. yeah, she was. I mean, obsessive about this guy, but she. But, oh my God! Uh, all you ever do is bring me down. It was like probably your favorite. Here comes the rain. Actually, my mom played so much country music. Like we had to start listening to it. Otherwise, we would have gone insane. So yeah, I still like crazy. country music. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I really want to thank you, um, Jennifer, because you saw me posting in the group, and someone was angry that I was a Christian posting in the group, and you were like, "Well, we allow Christians in here, uh, you know, who aren't going to be try to proselytize or whatever." And I said. Well, you know, I respect you enough to not come in here and to try to uh, poop on your platform. And but I was just looking in <laughs> to your group for people who might want to come on as guests. And amazingly, two members of your two members of your group have now been my uh, co-host. So um, you guys, you guys have added a very good 
you know, a good, having this is a very good, well-rounded perspective. Uh, what do you think uh, about we that, We have John? more members who want to go on. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, we'll throw you some members. Uh, sure. We have a uh, Mormon who's been through uh, conversion therapy. Yeah. Wow. And who will talk about it. Wow. Um, I mean, he went on, he went on a big mission uh, mm -hmm. to Mexico. Mm -hmm. wow. um, he went through conversion therapy as a teenager, as, as like a, like a late, late teens, yeah. early twenties yeah. teenager. Um, he grew up in the Mormon church. He went to BYU. Um, so yeah. he was really steeped in the Mormon culture uh, and he was gay and he married a woman. So uh, he, he went His through story all of that. Is amazing. It's, it's so fantastic. Now, he, and he's, he's one of my oldest friends. So it's really important that we share each other's perspectives, not our opinions, but our perspectives and how we see things. So there we can kind of learn from our experience, learn from our life experience, really. And that's what's most important. Yeah. If you couldn't see that, I got the heebie-jeebies over here. Those kind of things send <laughs> chills in my spine because yeah. that's just so powerful. And that is... That encompasses what I think empathy is. So, yeah, we normally send out um, gift cards for uh, Starbucks, but you guys, we're also supporting the anti-bullying campaign. So, you guys have said to make the donation in your name there, but we are we are also going to send you out a Starbucks card because okay. you guys really encompass what I think the world needs, mm -hmm. and I think you guys have a very good place in your in what you do with your community of helping people who are making the transition and that's a good work you guys are doing. And you guys have a very humanitarian minded spirit, not spirit, spirit, but you know, your behavior. It, it, yeah, we can. yeah, I, I, I honestly yeah. think this is not trying to butt kiss or this is not trying to appease or placate, but I really do think that you guys encompass the Christian values uh, like a lot better than Christians. You guys may not like, you guys yeah. may not want to hear that, but it's true. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. You guys, yeah. it's true because um, I do think that after you hear how we were trained in Bible college, this next episode, I think you guys are going to have a lot more um, compassion and empathy for uh, for ministers who are who are being taught. You know, behaviors learned. You know, whether it's domestic oh, yeah. violence or mm -hmm. sexual abuse or verbal abuse, like hurt people hurt people and people learn to mirror the kind of behavior that they see as appropriate like so for me one of the things that's just really caught me off guard is how many people have told me the dysfunction that they came from that to them that was just normal like it wasn't even until they yeah. became like 20 years old where they really yeah. realized that something was really wrong about this right. yeah. and yeah in that sense, like we're all humans, as you said, we're all humans on this rock. And there's a lot of common ground that we can we can find in recognizing the plight of humanity that doesn't matter if you're trans or you're gay or you're straight or you're a polygamist or whatever it might be, that we ultimately have sides of ourselves that we're not comfortable with. People weren't asked to be born a certain way. It's as simple as that. Nobody came into the sure. world saying, I want to be Mexican or I want to be a woman or I want to be X, Y, and Z. And so we're all just trying to figure out this life's journey that we're on. And I think the more we can help each other, uh, the better we're going to be uh, on this planet. So uh, that being said, we look forward to seeing you back. 
at the next episode of RG anytime, Podcast. Yeah, anytime. And yeah, yeah, if you guys want to come back on a monthly basis, um, I thoroughly enjoy talking to you. So uh, thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you back again.